Hey guys, if you are struggling to stay focused, I get it. With everything that's going on in the world right now, it feels a little bit like Groundhog's Day. The kids are always here, and so there is no difference between Monday and Saturday. And it's one of those reasons that I want to make sure that you guys know about our Start Today brand. Start Today began with my Start Today journal. Several years ago, I came up with this product for myself that would help me to practice gratitude and to make sure that my goals were crystal clear in my mind as part of my morning routine. At the beginning of this year, I launched my priority planner, which was a way for you to take the biggest goal in your life and break it down into bite-sized pieces so that you could actually start to make traction. So if you have not checked them out yet, oh my gosh, go to starttoday.com and check out our newest line available in Target stores all over the US and of course at target.com. If you know that right now you need to stay on task, you need to stay on target, please check out these products. I think that you will love them as much as I do. Starttoday.com or target.com to start today the right way. I think the, I think truly, truly the greatest gift that you could give yourself is to stop caring what other people think. What you're about to listen to is one of the panels that we had during the weekend, and it just so happens that every single member of the panel has been a guest here on Deus. So check out this conversation between Britt Barron, Allison Faulkner, and Jessica Honiger, and me, as we cover everything from not taking things personally to how judgment only serves to separate us. And when we tell our real life story, magical connections can happen. One thing I want to start off with is, so today we've been talking a lot about um, facing our fears and unpacking things and, and moving to action. But one thing we, we haven't talked a lot about, and I, both of you kind of touched on a moment where you decided to reach out for help. Um, and as well, you talked about reaching out empathy. Um, I want to hear a little bit about the role of support systems in your life. So when you say you reach out, um, who have the people been in your life that have that have helped you through that, and how do you build that and create that? Okay. Um. <laughs> okay, well, I, I do find that there are uh, two kinds of people, those that ask and those that don't ask. So even earlier when I was talking about, like, you're probably in the ocean and maybe you're drowning and not asking for help, I have always been one to ask for help. <laughs> I, I ask for help. And I think a lot of that can be um, point back to a strong why. When we have a strong why, um, my why happened to be about creating opportunity for vulnerable communities. Yours could be a million options. Um, it really um, didn't always feel like asking to me. I was just asking people to come along on this journey with me. And so, I mean, my, um, my logo was designed by a friend for my website was built for $35 by a guy who's really interested in helping me out. So, uh, my first website, not the one now. Wow. But I know there came a point, and I'll um, end here, where I had to be very intentional about creating a space of belonging for myself. 
And I specifically remember the hardest part for me was when we got an actual office and I'm going to work and now I have like maybe I have like 20 employees at the time. And um, I remember driving home for lunch sometimes and passing by my friend's house and they were all having playdates with their kids. And that, I remember driving by and feeling like I'm uninvited, I don't belong. Um, I felt really lonely during that time. And then I realized, you know what? I'm going to go out and create a space of belonging. And so those same women that I perceived that um, their judgment, even though they weren't judging me, um, I said, hey, would you guys want to do a book, book club like twice a month? Every single one of them had been longing for an intentionality like that. And then we were able to meet at the New Day offices. And I felt like I didn't belong, but I created a space of belonging for myself. And so I think you've got to be able to do that. Thank you. Well, I love how you said there's two types of people, those who ask for help and those who don't. And on one hand, I like to think of myself as the type of person who will ask for help, but I think straight up I'm usually not because that perfectionist and people pleaser, I believe that in order for something to be good, I need to be able to do it all myself. And it's, it's that uh, perfectionism, ego, all of those really good things. And um, I realized, and I got this from my mama, that when I'm really in a very dire place, I start to make jokes. And so with my second baby, I get such severe depression and anxiety when I'm pregnant. And with my second baby, my husband lost his job. We lost our health insurance. I had all of those hormones flooding through me. And I was honestly close to a suicidal place that I wasn't recognizing. And I'd go in and I met with a different midwife each time. And so they didn't understand that my jokes were this huge cry for help. And they thought that everything was fine because I'd be like, oh, I'm just like doing this. We're like, you know, I'm going to kill myself. Waka, waka, waka. And yeah, and it really, it really was like really serious. And it took my husband and my mom. So some people um, who really knew me to start to realize this is actually pretty serious. And I'll never forget the face of one midwife when I was trying to tell my jokes, when I was trying to spin my story, and she wouldn't laugh at my jokes. She just wouldn't pick up what I was putting down. And it was like the biggest sigh of relief that she, she wouldn't buy, she wouldn't buy it. And I just, I remember finally, finally somebody will help me. Um, but what I did for, I got pregnant again, my third pregnancy, because, <laughs> you know, babies. And um, I was so scared. I was so scared about the emotions that would come back. And so what I, I had to do is I had to recognize that about myself is um, because again, it's that stopping self-imposed suffering that you might not be the type of person who asks for help. And I'm sure I ask for help in other ways. Like I'm not gonna carry my bags or take out the trash. Like <laughs> I married a strong woman to do that. I, like feminism just flew away, I don't know what happened. And so with my third pregnancy, I changed it up. I got a, a doctor who I'd see every single time, and I had my husband come with me to every single appointment to hold me accountable so that if I needed help, I'd ask for it. So I think the takeaway there would be, I, I always say this is invest in people who invest in you. So when you're looking for help, don't accept criticism or helpful comments from people who aren't actually invested in you, right? My mom, my husband, those are the people who are very invested in me, so when they held up that mirror, I needed to take it seriously. Is that helpful? Yeah, I, I feel like um, what this makes me think of is um, 
Sometimes the desire for community, at least for me personally, um, in the past has shown up as me like surrounding myself with people who weren't great choices for me in community. Um, either because um, they uh, were in the relationship because they wanted something for me, or because they thought that um, they had very specific ideas of what, about what friendship looked like and I needed to fit into that mold. Um, so when I think of having community, um, it, like Beans is one of my best friends, Sammy is a trifecta, it's just the three of us hanging out. Um, they are such a gift in my life because as close friends, they have been able to meet me where I am. Um, there's no, I, I think that true community just loves you for who you are right now. They will challenge me if I am, if they know me well enough to be like, girl, get it, wash your face, okay? It comes out in February 2018. <laughs> um, but they are good enough friends to, to call me, to hold me accountable, um, and to also love me the way that I um, need to be loved in friendship. I don't have a lot of close friends, which makes the close friends I have very sacred. Um, and I, I don't know how you guys deal with hard things, but if I'm going through, like when I was going through the twins, I did not want to talk to anybody. I don't want anybody around, and that's part of me, um, the role I often play is I'm taking care of everyone else, so I can't let, it's really hard for me to um, truly mourn and to truly process something if I think someone's watching. So I really needed to walk through that season by myself. And we had friends at the time who, God loved them, wanted like, I will bring you dinner, I will bring you wine, let me come sit with you, it's okay, you can cry with me. And that's not how I process. And I think um, looking for people who, who will love you the way you want to be loved. And I remember that Sam was like, what do you need? And I was like, could you once a day send me a stupid meme or a picture of a shirtless man? Like, can you swear? I could go back and find it. Send me Chris Hemsworth once a day. Just find him. And they don't even like boys. And they scatter. They were like, we don't know what would be good, but we will find this for you, girl. That is a friend. Um, so I just think um, that's a really big don't, don't. Um, community is super important, but just making sure that you're, you are um, getting the right kind of community. The easiest test is if you hang out with someone, do you leave energized or do you leave drained? Ooh, girl. <laughs> it's that simple. It's so, that simple. Say so your line that you said earlier about giving. Oh, uh, don't give someone with uh, cheap seats an expensive opinion in your life. That's they are right. not in this game. They are not in the room with you. They're in those cheap seats and they're trying to call the shots on your life and that is too expensive a role to play. Y'all, we are doing a community-wide challenge and it's totally free and I am challenging you to join us. It's called Next 90 Days. As in, how can we be intentional, thoughtful, leaders for the next 90 days. We're going to need our community. We're going to need accountability more than ever. So I want you to head over to theholliscode.com slash next 90. 
That's thehollisco.com slash N-E-X-T nine zero and join us. Every single week, Dave and I will be teaching on a different topic, things like perspective or reaching for joy or dealing with anxiety in these crazy times. We are going to give you so many free resources and surround you with community. When we did this at the end of last year, we had 650,000 people sign up and we feel like it can be bigger than ever. Come together in a community of like-minded people and let's learn how to choose our mindset no matter what is happening in the world around us. Well, who has some people they need to text? We're not hanging out next week. Yeah. Um, yes, that's so good. And it's so important. Um, and so I want to, so I want to talk a little bit about the flip side because all of you have very uh, public lives, and everyone in this room is supportive of each other, uh, but not everyone outside of this room is as supportive. And so you, you said something in your video that said her success does not diminish mine, uh, but we know that to be true in a lot of settings, uh, you know, particularly in female settings, there can be the sense of competition. There can be a sense of like. I'm gonna, you know, so how do you deal with the voices in your life that are less encouraging? Are you just, you delete every comment, you respond, does it still affect, I mean, how do you sort of deal with that? Uh, you know, I think I had to realize first that I was doing that to other people, you know? I mean, it's easy to be like, oh, I am all about lifting other women up. Oh, I, I don't wanna like her Instagram because she got so many likes and I barely got any today. Oh, that, she's lost like 20 pounds. I've been on a diet for a month and haven't lost any. I'm not gonna say anything. Hello. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, we all in this room withhold, okay? So we have to call that out in ourselves. We don't get to just get a hall pass that like, we're all together for each other. You gotta own that in yourself first that you do that. And I think that was a really big deal for me. Um, there was another brand, a social brand, that started around the same time as mine, and I gave them a lot of, like, energy, you know? I would follow along, and, oh, God, they did a partnership, how come we did it? And um, that's an energy drain, by the way, by the way. And so I did, I, I remember I had this, like, one morning, I pulled into the parking lot at work, and I had this moment of, like, wait a minute, their success isn't taking away anything from Noonday's success. Like, we really are better together, but I had to call that out that I was actually doing that. And then, man, it, it just totally changed things. And I really was able to come alongside this brand. The founder and I now go out to lunch um, at least once a quarter. And um, so I do think um, it takes a lot of intention and intentional um, giving and lifting other people up and finding, like, if I'm wanting to withhold, it's like, hmm, I'm going to get curious about that. What's going on in my life that just made me want to withhold something? And I do now to lift that woman up. Um, love that. I love, I'm gonna tell you why I love that in a second. But this was actually really, really difficult for me um, because I like praise and I don't like people to be mean to me. I don't like it. I get my feelings hurt, I'm very sensitive. And so this has honestly been a five year journey for me, um, how to accept criticism, how to be okay with people saying very hurtful and negative things. And honestly, um, the way that I've created my career, in a sense, I think I've limited myself 
to keep myself safe. And so it's been this um, step forward that I've been able to take. And the first step was realizing the yin and yang in life, that there is no beauty without darkness, right? And it is the darkness that defines the beauty. And so just, it's this duality in life. And I got very into reading the Tao and Zen Buddhism that this positivity does not exist without the negative pole. So it is just a fact of life if people love you, people will dislike you. And that was the first part of the puzzle for me, was accepting that. And I think that it was realizing we all have a, I hate this book and I'm always quoting it, and it's The Art of Leadership and Self-Deception by the Arbinger Group. And I hate, it's just annoying, but it's so good. But um, they talk about, you have this definition of yourself and you hold it in a box. And if anything starts to threaten, what you have in that box, then your whole world is turned upside down. And so I think that's what was happening to me is that I'm a good person if people like me. If people don't like me, I am not a good person. And I had to realize that's not true. And that was the first part, this yin and yang. And the second part was realizing that you take nothing personally. And I thought it was selfish to not take things personally. I thought that I was being responsible um, by saying, I'm taking all of your criticism and all of your feedback personally, and I'm gonna use it to be better. Um, but actually, I read this book called The Four Agreements. It's an amazing book, and one of the agreements is to take nothing personally. And the author goes as far as to say that if somebody walks up to you and puts a gun to your head, to not take that personally, because we are all acting through a mirror of our own reality. And exactly like you were saying, you're, you're, what does it say about you? And I love this idea, and I think this is in Gabrielle Bernstein's book, I'm a book nerd, no, I'm gonna drop it like it's hot. Um, that judgment is separation. And when we judge someone, we're looking at them through our mirror, through our hazy reality, which is why we can take nothing personally, right? And we're judging them because we want to separate ourselves from them. We don't want to be that type of person, and that's that's why we're judging them. So it honestly, and I, I like I said, I'm a recovering perfectionist and a recovering people pleaser. It's like, hi, I'm Allison. And it's something that I'm working on that honestly, and, and what triggered it for me, not to take too much time, is that I just want to paint this beautiful picture for you. At the end of last year, in the same week and in the same day, this is what happened. We found out that my dad has incurable cancer. And I don't like to talk about it very much, but it was rough, okay? Understatement, it was rough. Couple of days later, I wake up to one of the most hateful, mean comments about me I've ever seen. Unapologetic. I hate her. I wish she didn't exist. Just so mean. That same day, I get a letter in the mail from the IRS saying that I owe $10,000 from 2014 taxes. One more. One more. <laughs> I'm sitting on my couch. Erica taking the kids. I'm trying to figure out how to live life knowing somebody hates me. My dad. $10,000, I don't have. <laughs> I thought I did the taxes right. I don't know, I don't pay attention. And then I got a knock at the door. Somebody's serving me papers for a lawsuit because 
I don't read my mail, and a medical bill had gone defunct. And I didn't even know. This was all in like the same day, guys. Right? Rough stuff. So anyway, the lessons I learned, <laughs> it's the yin and the yang. There cannot be beauty without the darkness. There, not, there cannot be that light it, that, that you share, that I share, that we all share, just like you're suffering when you're 14 and the hardships you've had to overcome. Um, and then also, I just had to not take it personally. Yeah. And that's when we become a victim. And then I, I can't share, I'm not of any good to the world if I'm taking everything personally. No, that was perfect. I think the, I think truly, truly the greatest gift that you could give yourself is to stop caring what other people think. And I mean, and I mean, like, you should, you should care about those, those handful of people in your life who you trust and who will hold you accountable, but I, I have had to let go of so much, I'm a people pleaser too, but so much um, worry about other people's opinions. And we're talking, a lot of us is talking about, you know, being in, a, in the public eye or being on a higher platform, but this plays out in everyday life. We are worried about judgment of like our cousin on Facebook and we are judging our cousin on Facebook. That's where it hurts the most. Yeah. Is I went through this phase that I totally forgot that um, I realized, this was about three years ago, all these people who I was friends with in college like weren't following the Allison show on Instagram. And I took it so personally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And now I laugh thinking like, I don't care. My yeah. mom doesn't listen to my podcast. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Uh, I think something for, for any of you who do, who are trying to build a business or are trying or putting yourself in a position where you're going to get feedback that is negative, um, a couple of things that I would say is one, um, you know, my intention with this tribe is always to create a place of encouragement that we will love and accept you no matter who you are, but we will, and we can disagree, but we will do it kindly. And so our thing is if you are just like openly rude to me or openly rude to another person who's commenting, you're gone. We have a one-strike policy and you're out. Um, because you are allowed, it's like the same place as your home. You are allowed to set rules around what energy is allowed to enter into your home, and I don't care if they're related to you. Um, this is the rules that you will follow if you come into my space because my children live here, and if you can't follow those rules, you won't be allowed inside, and it is the same thing with social. Um, I think that, you know, it's hard to come up in this world and not start to compare yourself to other people who are doing it, and you're like, She's already, what? You pay attention to numbers, you start to care. Oh shoot, she had a 10,000 and I don't have, it's so dumb, it is so dumb. You get so wrapped up in it. And um, a couple of things have really helped me. One is, if I'm not willing to like your photo, then I'm not gonna follow you on Instagram. Because I follow a lot of people that I was like, mm -hmm. and that hair, and, the, and I can't stop following because I think she's beautiful and I love her clothes but I won't deign to like her photo, which is disgusting. So we can either be friends in this space or I don't need to follow her. By the same token, if I'm, um, I found myself a couple of years ago having some pretty bad behavior that I felt like a little bit like junior high frenemy. Like I can't stop following her because I want to know what's going on in her life, but every time I, I see it, I'm like, I bet you did. I bet you did go to Cabo. I bet you do have a new boyfriend. Like I'm just, I'm being a jerk and I realized that every time I was seeing those people's photos, I was becoming the 
worst version of myself, and I just stopped following them. And that's not, that's not me stopping following them because they don't deserve to be followed. It's not about, it's because it's bringing out something ugly in me. So if you are following somebody, and this is the same, if you're following people on social media that every time you see it, it makes you feel less than, that every time you see it, it makes you think you need to be on a diet, every time you see it, you think you need a blowout, stop following that stuff. Take your, remove yourself, you're not on a diet, you put cake in front of you. Like, remove yourself from that space. Um, the last thing that I do is, uh, I have, I heard this from someone, I can't even take credit for it, but it's such a good thing. Um, I, when I found myself starting to get um, jealous, especially of other people, like of friends, this is a, so Beans and I both submitted um, uh, proposals to give a TED Talk. And beans got accepted. Just real quick, raise your hand if you have a TED Talk. Raise your hand if you have a TED Talk. And I, someone else, what? Get up here. Dang um, it. But, and, and this is like, this is my best, like, I love her so much. And I, like, my, I was devastated. I was devastated. And I would never begrudge heard that success, but I was so sad that it wasn't mine too. And I thought, like, I'm going to carry, and I remember, she told me about it at my house, she was like, I got this, like, assuming that we were going to do this together, and I was like, great, 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 and they decided to go in direction, they didn't know it was fine. And I reacted so badly, and then later that night I thought, oh my gosh, I just made it all about me. And the next time I saw her, I said, like, hey, I'm really, that sucked. I'm really sorry. And I felt embarrassed because I didn't want Beans to know that I was this small of a person. Um, so I said, I'm so sorry that that was my reaction. And by the way, I didn't, I wasn't like super comfortable and removed from all jealousy, but I knew that like that was such an ugly reaction to her success. I was like, I'm so sorry that that was my reaction. And Beans was like, oh my gosh, like it's always weird when you do something that your friend also does. Because you're both, like, you're not, you're not comparing, but, like, you're kind of like, oh. Because immediately we think, if you're being sick, I must be wrong. There's something wrong with me that you're getting it and I'm not. So now, this is so powerful, you guys. If I have even this much of a reaction to someone I know, getting something that is, like, succeeding in some way, I force myself to stop in that moment and pray vehemently for her success. Let Lord, like, uh, whatever you believe, meditate, whatever, however you do it, just focus, I want, I make myself hope for her success. I make myself pray that she will get so many blessings far above and beyond what I could ever hope for because I want to change my perception of how I act towards another woman. It is a gift. It will change everything. summer camp that had this activity called the blob, and it's like this giant inner tube that floats on a lake with a big platform that hangs over it, and you jump off onto the blob, and then another girl's already on it, she gets to do flips and stuff, and so the idea is that the girl behind you is going to bounce you really high, and so naturally the skinny girls are up front, the big girls are back, so I was in the back of the line, and I went through most of my life thinking, gosh, if I was skinny and beautiful and cute, and if I could actually do front flips, I'd be a winner. I'd be in the front of the line. 
But that is an absolute scarcity mentality. Um, and I, I did something called EMDR. Okay, I don't know if I can say that. There you go. It's like, you know, EMDR. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs>
And that's what I'm the most proud of, that I could recognize it and say, for just a split second, my sister got me donuts that said 100K on them, and I took a bite and I was like, huh? You know, that I could recognize it, but that it did not define me. The accomplishment did not define me, and that to me is the accomplishment. And that's the whole build and be awesome. That's what I'm talking about is it, I could have hit that a couple of years ago and it would have defined, it, that would have been it. And not that it's all that I cared about, but that um, I had a better day if my Instagram post went better. Yeah. And I had a worse day and my husband had to live through it if they didn't go Yeah. And now when I post, it's like, huh, suckers, here's what I've got for you today. <laughs> and it's enabled me to, by not making it about 100,000 people, reach more people, get more opportunities. It's back to you not caring. I care about every single one of you individually. Come up to me, I'll grab your butt, we'll hug, we'll love each other. But as a collective whole, I have to not think about you and let your expectations of me define what I do because it serves no one. Yeah. And for a while, I let the people steal my identity. They said, we just want you to be you. And I'm like, well, what do you guys want from me? Just be yourself, but I don't have an identity anymore, right? And that's what I'm proud of is that I'm friggin' Allison again. And that's what draws people to you. So that's what I'm most proud of, is that I'm not having anxiety attacks anymore. I'm not pulling out my hair. I'm present, I'm here. And I can look people in the eye when I'm sitting on stage and connect with them. And that was like really hard. <laughs> awesome. Give it up for Allison. is this thing that we never talk about to you because I was raised 
That little girl should be quiet until we want to talk to them. Your space here is that you should come out and perform when we are ready for you to perform and then shut up. And I know my mom's here, she's like, what are you talking about? But I got daddy issues, we all do, it's fine. Just keep going. Um, but what I learned was um, that I, I was valuable as a performer, but that I didn't know what I was talking about. So I needed to close my mouth. I also really worried, really worried about um, what you said, how, what people would think about me being a working mom. Like really struggled with that. Because the first place that I am present is on the internet and people are never meaner about being as far, I, I feel like people, like trolls find like they speak into my soul. They like find they're like, remember seventh grade, Rachel? Like they find something that I'm like, after I'm like, go down, I'm eviscerated. And people would always talk about um, me being a working mom. And, but like, not like, oh, you're a working mom. How's that work? Like, you are a freaking terrible person. Your kids are going to grow up to be drug addicts. Why are you never, why would you even have babies? You know how many emails I've gotten from people telling me that I don't deserve to adopt a daughter because I'm never going to be home with her? No, guys, but if I, but if I let that control my life, I wouldn't be here right now. But for years and years and years, I wouldn't talk about the things that we're building or how proud I am of what we're doing because I was afraid, like, that's not who a woman is supposed to be. I don't even know. That's just like I had this idea of who it was I was supposed to be. And in the last couple of years, I thought, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I'm really proud of the company that we've built. I'm really proud of the work that we're doing. I do work really hard. Um, I have a team of people who work their butts off and, and we don't acknowledge them. So I think that um, stepping in to my, myself, I got my tattoo for the first time. Um, uh, um, it sounds dumb, but um, uh, it was like just, just feeling comfortable with being who I am and, and deciding that if you don't want to be friends with me when you discover who I really am, then we shouldn't be friends. Then NSYNC says bye, 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 yes. You know what, you, um, you, what's that, what's that thing? Like, you might be the ripest, juiciest, most delicious peach in the world, and there are some people who just aren't gonna like peaches. That's cool. Well, I'm letting you that you started sharing that part of your story because I didn't know that either. And so once you started sharing that, I was like, oh, you're a freaking badass entrepreneur and you're running a team and we have so much in common, so many things to talk about. And it's something that you did kind of high, you Absolutely. know? And so it's been a gift to me. And when we're not owning our full story, then we're actually robbing from other people and what we can give to them. Yeah. Um, this is a hard question, partly because I am a seven on the Enneagram. Wait, what's so it? when what's I got sexual into it, what's it's the enthusiast, but it's like, bitch, better, more eight. Oh, you, you are. You do have eight tendencies. You do. But you know what? Martin Luther King was an eight. Mother Teresa was an eight. If you guys have not done your Enneagram number, free Enneagram, googlefreeenneagram.com. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's I cannot wait to hear like, ooh, I'm going to get out of oh, it. So anyway, for me, it's like, um, I'm always about the next thing. I'm very futuristic. Um, 
more is always better. Um, yesterday, I had to really, um, because after this Ernst & Young Regional Award that um, I won, there's like, Big, big deal. Very, very big deal. Let's just do one more like. If you like this episode, I hope you will consider subscribing to the Deus podcast on iTunes, sharing it with your friends, and showing some love on social media. For a newbie show like mine, those reviews are everything. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. To stay in touch with all things Deus, you can check out thechicsite.com or follow me on social media. I am Ms. Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week.